in the world with me, Rufus, and he's cunning, Ooh. he's got a big bushy tail, he's going through your bins. <laughs> <laughs> How long? Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show. Thanks to every single one, especially that one of oh, our lovely love patrons on Patreon mm. for supporting this show. And thanks to you. Yes, you, specifically you, for listening to this show. So, Howard... Are you ready for another chapter of a Gret Binchleaf story called Gret Binchleaf's Very Bad Dog Story? Oh, let me let me answer your question with a question. Who's written this chapter? Well, I suspect it might be you. Then no, I'm not ready for that rubbish. <laughs> all right. Well, me and all the other listeners, we're going to listen and enjoy okay. a very special chapter. A very bad chapter. <laughs> a very bad chapter. It's uh, oh, oh, a very bad chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's a very bad chapter. <laughs> All right, let's get started, shall we? Yes, please. The plot so far. <laughs> yes. In the forest of the tree pigs... <laughs> in the forest of the tree pigs, the sun wasn't setting, as usual. <laughs> and, like a suspiciously steadfast coconut at a coconut shy, night had failed to fall for the umpteenth time. Nevertheless, in a small clearing, a cheery campfire had been lit and a large man was roasting pink marshmallows. So this isn't a fake-out? <laughs> I assumed it was, because you are king of the fake-outs and you like to go, not really, and then go, again, but this is real. <laughs> yeah, this is the plot so far. Okay, yeah, of a different book, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's the plot of a different book, but, yeah. but it's still got bench leaf. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's not going to be. No, no, it's not going to be. I mean, you don't know that yet. I just said a large man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could yeah. be anyone. The scabby-lipped man, ooh, who could it be? Ooh. Was sweating heavily. And although the fire was hot, the little girl who sat opposite him suspected it was rather the act of lifting a stick of marshmallows, which was wearing him out, as though the stick were a tiny barbell and the marshmallows fluffy little weights. You going to say something? No, it's just you said the little girl who was sitting opposite him. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wondered so if that new, was a new preposition. a new invented. word I've made up. <laughs> the little girl who sat opposite him. I, I suppose, because it, although opposite is a preposition there, if you say that who sat opposite him, it would become an adverb. It's, it's an interesting creation of an adverb you've done there. The little girl was sitting opposite him. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you don't need a noun. Yeah, no, I'm just reading what it. I've written. That's what it says here. <laughs> it's a good That's word. That's what I read. I just miss, not just missing words out now. I'm just yeah, missing out random be... letters and yeah, yeah. gluing stuff together like they're TARDISes. <laughs> I'll try it again. No, 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 no I like it. I like okay. it opposite him. <laughs> okay. Do you do any exercise? Asked Henrietta, who was young enough not to have learned any social etiquette. No, said Gret seriously. <laughs> Exercise is dangerous. <laughs> I think it's the other way round, isn't it? <laughs> Exercise is good for you. Oh, yeah, said Gret, flipping the marshmallows. On my doctor's advice, I once did a push-up. Trust me, bad decision. <laughs> Never again. Why? What happened? I pushed the planet off its axis. <laughs> Half the population floated off to live in space. And ten seconds later, they floated off to die in space. Because you can't live in space. <laughs> 
Henrietta wasn't sure this was true. Uh, not the bit about space living, rather the bit about Gret doing an impossible thing. All Gret's stories, and he told a lot, seemed to involve him in a series of wholly unbelievable scenarios. Henrietta sighed a little bored. Should we tell spooky stories? she asked. Sure, I've got a great one. It's called Gret Benchleaf, and the... But, uh, ones that you're not in, Henrietta interrupted, then hastily added, for a change, <laughs> just a little variety. Can't handle the excitement, hey, said Gret, or just too darn sexy. The last story he'd told had involved him travelling to a top floor and tinkling on a lady who put lollies in her sparkly bits. It had been neither exciting nor sexy. No. Both, she lied. <laughs> All right, you're lucky, because I do have some other stories. Gret reached deep into one of his TARDIS-sized pockets and began to empty out the contents. A yo-yo with Steve Loves Jimbley IDST scratched on it. <laughs> Hang on, what is IDST? If destroyed, still true. Oh, okay, I felt like I should. I, I once knew that, but it had been <laughs> yeah. maybe thirty years since I thought about it. A yo-yo with Steve Loves Jimbley IDST scratched on it. A scarab from ancient Egypt with Inuku Loves Jimbley IDST scratched on it. And a suitcase filled with Kendall mint cake. Just a few mementos from my many adventures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost there, said Gret. Stay also, it seems like this Gret Binchleaf might be the one that Inuku turned into if he's got all these <laughs> all these in, basically Inuku-centric artefacts in his pocket. That is not going to turn out to be the case. Oh, that's not the twist. Don't worry. Yeah, okay, don't go. focus on that. All right, carry on. No, it really isn't. Um, <laughs> so don't be thinking that and trying to learn. There's no twists in this one. There's, that's what it's going to turn out. <laughs> Chapter 6, that's definitely going to turn out to be the flag. I mean, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, fine. Very fine. much about time Inuku turned up again. Okay, sure. Um, just a few. What about the suitcase filled with the Kendall mint cake? I was less interested in that. <laughs> There's no proof that that Gret Binchleaf at the end of the wow. Golden Bus was not actually the Inuku one. That's true, that makes more sense. It would be him because he went around and killed all those people. Which is a He's bit, evil, yes. Yeah. Just a few mementos from my many adventures. Almost there, said Gret. Stay on target, stay on target. Suddenly, an oinking came from the pocket. Now, get back, he cried. Then, <laughs> Aha, gotcha. Gret pulled out a dog-eared notepad. Tra-da, he said with a flourish. Prepare to be amazed, for this is a collection of terrifying true stories that will shock you to your pips. Are we doing a, a, a like a... Uh, a Simpsons Halloween episode. I don't know what you, what you call them. Uh, one of those episodes where That's you an, have... An anthology episode. An anthology episode. I knew there was a name for it. <laughs> not, a, not a Simpsons Halloween episode. That's not the first... That wasn't the first show to do that. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, are we doing an anthology episode? It's not... Vaguely. Okay. I mean, very vaguely. Cool. I mean, it kind of is. <clears throat> Prepare to be amazed, for this is a collection of terrifying true stories that will shock you to your pips. Who's it by? said Henrietta excitedly. By, uh, well, it's by, uh, Mr. Uh, Pig Forest. <laughs> Is it by you, Gret? <laughs> Gret's eyes narrowed. What makes you say that? The way you're looking at a forest of pigs and saying the name Mr. Pig Forest is one reason. <laughs> and clever. the other. The front of the book, it says Terrifying True Tales by Gret Binchleaf. <laughs> OK, you got me? Yes, I wrote it. But it's completely different to my case books. I'm not in it at all, I swear. On that pig's life. <laughs> You'll like it. It's for kids. Henrietta sighed and nodded her acquiescence. <laughs> well, that was a big word she was using. Oh, brillo armadillo. <laughs> okay, let me see. Oh, here's a good one. The Tale of Jack's Tarkies. 
<clears throat> it was Christmas Eve, and Jack was fetching one of his turkeys for the Christmas... Hold on, said Henrietta. Yeah. Do you mean one of his turkeys? No. Obviously, I don't mean one of his bleeding sturkeys. I'm no expert, mind, so I may be going out on a limb here, but I'm going to say it anyway. There is no such thing as a sturkey. <laughs> no, Gret, not a sturkey. <laughs> a turkey. Oh, no, I don't mean a turkey. And a double don't mean a sturkey, because as discussed, sturkeys don't exist. <laughs> what I mean is a starkey. Jack was fetching one of his starkeys. Oh, yeah, I can see where the confusion may lie. <laughs> Let me add a little pause. Jack was fetching one of his starkeys. <laughs> there, that better? Not really. What on earth is a starkey? Oh, Jesus Christ, were you born in a barn? <laughs> Jesus Christ was born in a barn, <laughs> said Henrietta smugly. <laughs> and are you him? <laughs> Can you turn water into wine? Or is your skill turning a happy Gret Binchleaf into an annoyed child-murdering Gret Binchleaf? <laughs> Henrietta well, screwed up... Things <laughs> escalated very, very quickly then. Henrietta screwed up her nose and folded her arms. You really don't know what a Starkey is, asked Gret. No, said Henrietta. Okay, said Gret, flicking back through the book. Then we may need to go back in time. Whoa. I mean, not literally. Just not start reading Mr Pig Forest's book in the middle. <laughs> Here we are. This one is called Jurassic Starkey. <laughs> like Jurassic Park? No, don't worry. Not like Jurassic Park. I know you've not seen it, so I've not written a parody of Jurassic Park. Oh, that, thanks, Gret. <laughs> because I haven't seen Jurassic Park or any of its sequels. <laughs> right. Jurassic Starkey. <clears throat> Neil Starkey was a really cool guy. Everything about him was cool. His slick hair, his cocky walk, his denim jacket, his bag of ice. Everything you can imagine about Neil Starkey was cool, including his name. His name was so cool that it displayed Zod-like powers over 60s skiffle bands. And every time someone uttered it, like a spell from the Big Wizard's Book of Bewitchments, the good one out of the Beatles would literally fall to his knees. E Neil Starkey, someone less cool would say to Neil Starkey. And somewhere in America, Ringo would say, Here we go again. Hello, carpet, said my knees. Hello, Ringo's knees, said the carpet. Choo-choo. <laughs> Hold on, said Henrietta, interrupting. <laughs> What's going on? Why is yeah. Ringo Starr getting to his knees? <laughs> Ringo Starr's real name is Richard Starkey. So whenever someone says Neil Starkey, Ringo gets to his knees. I didn't even get that. I, I, I'm never, I'm never like primed to notice puns. No, no. You really have to like tell me about them so I can then go. Oh, right, yeah, okay. <laughs> and that's a that's a joke, is it? <laughs> yes, a very funny, hilarious joke. Oh, why? Well, my neighbour, Mrs Thinkbrain, she says jokes aren't really jokes if they require explanations. Uh, it only required explaining because you're a little know-nothing. Uh, if I'd known Ringo Starr's real name was Richard Starkey, it still wouldn't have been funny. My neighbour, Mrs Thinkbrain, she says puns are the lowest form of wit and the highest form of twit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I assume Gret's going to draw attention to that, right? And I don't have to. Uh, what, to what? wonderful irony in that statement that, that Mrs. Thinkbrain, <laughs> whilst insulting puns, made a pun. No, no, he was not going to draw attention to that. Okay, <laughs> it was good, I liked it. That's just a word that rhymes with it, that's rhyming. There's nothing wrong with rhyming. <laughs> Listen, I don't have time to explain to you and your tiny child mind how and why my brilliant pun is definitely hilarious. 
And so, deciding to ignore her, like all people who tell puns, Gret continued to believe his joke was funny, despite incontrovertible and frankly obvious proof to the contrary. Gret ploughed on. King of the Cool, Neil Starkey, came from Raynham. <laughs> Raynham? Raynham, yeah. Is that and, true? Yeah. Okay. And being so astronomically cool, he was therefore the coolest thing ever that Raynham had to offer, which was no mean feat, as super cool Raynham boasts both a premiere inn and a travel lodge. Well, where's... where's... And literally nothing else. <laughs> Seriously, look it up. It's worse than Coville. <laughs> Apparently, it does have a selective secondary school for boys called the Howard School. So that's pretty really cool. the Howard School. Pretty cool. Okay. But not as cool as Neil Starkey. But it's, hang on, it's, it's called the Howard School and it doesn't let girls in. <laughs> that's like your life. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm not doing that on purpose, though. <laughs> Maybe the school isn't either. Maybe they haven't realised that calling it for boys was, uh, that was, uh, like you, your appearance is what puts people off. Everyone thinks I'm Howard School for boys. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's why they keep sending you boys, but no yeah. girls. Neil Starkey was so cool that in time, others began to covet his coolness. People would see him whiz down the high street on his sick board and they would be so gel that hairdressers would use them to make hair stick up. <laughs> They'd see him land a triple kink dark slide off a banister and they would be so jelly that children would start putting ice cream on them. Eee! <laughs> order, order, said the head of Raynham Cool Club, Arthur Fonzarelli. <laughs> In Raynham Village Hall, the cool club members who had gathered to air their stocky grievances quietened down and took to their seats. E now, the first and only thing on the agenda today is Neil Stalky. Here we go again. Hello, carpet. Hello, <laughs> goes knees at the carpet. Choo choo. E Sean Connery, you have choo, the floor. <laughs> Sean Connery, are we just doing like a, a like a little like kind of showcase of voices that Howard can't do but thinks he can? Really, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of voices I can't do in this. It's insane. Okay. Sean Connery got to his feet and addressed the other totally styling people. Ever since June, when Neil took his righteous board and did that ghost ollie, and then gazelle flipped into that ten-story roof drop, he has become the coolest thing in town. Nobody thinks we. The long-term members of Raynham Cool Club are cool anymore. <laughs> the other day, I murdered a man by dropping a very heavy bag of spaghetti on his head. <laughs> then, as I tugged my cuffs, I said, He's passed away. He's passed away. And nobody laughed. As though it wasn't a fantastically cool and witchy thing to say. Neil Starkey just has to say one of his cookie catchphrases, and everybody laughs. Seriously, I spend days coming up with my hilarious puns, and all he has to do is say, Ooh, that's bad kaplunkers, and the whole room erupts. Oh, pity me, poor Sean Connery, so undervalued. Sean Connery made the face of a crying person, but only air trickled down his cheeks because he's a dried-up old fart. <laughs> And his uh, his voice comes and goes as he speaks. <laughs> like, sometimes well, it sounds a bit like Sean Connery. Just Fuck a bit. You. Sometimes it really, really doesn't. Fuck it sounds just like him. <laughs> At yeah. times it was recognisable. Thank you. That's all I'm going for. That's, that's what you got. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> then he blow felled his nose. Ha ha bonk. Oh god. <laughs> ha ha bonk. And sat down. <laughs> e next to the room recognises T C. 
a two-dimensional cat stood up and addressed the gathered cool crowd. Good. Everybody, <laughs> said the cat. Everybody, including Novice Dibble, <laughs> used to think that I was cool. They used to think I was cool because I lived in a bin. But Neil Sturkey lives in a house, and now nobody thinks living in bins is cool anymore. Listen, Top Cat. Uh, top Cat's a difficult one, right? Yeah. Is living, nobody you thinks living in, in a bin, bin anymore is it? Does, it's oh, very good, yeah. No, it's difficult, but you can say, it's, just, it's got to have that it, rising it, intonation as well, isn't it? In the bins is cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what you doing in my bin? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I can't do it at all. Listen, Top Cat, I hate to break it to you, but living in bins has never been cool. <laughs> Wait a minute, interrupted Henrietta again. You said you weren't in this story, but you were just there in the cool club. What? No, 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 I wasn't there. Michael Caine was there, but I've no idea what he sounds like, so I just used my voice. <laughs> OK, fine, but Top Cat was there, was he? <laughs> yeah, Top Cat, the indisputable. And this is a <laughs> book of true stories, is it? Terrifying true tales. So, Sean Connery, the Fonz... <laughs> Top Cat and Michael Caine, they all live in Raynham and are members of Raynham Cool Club. Uh-huh. You find that surprising, do you? <laughs> a little, yes. Well, I'll tell you what I find surprising. That a child of your age, I want to say two? <laughs> ten. Yeah, that a ten-year-old boy, girl, Gret, yeah, yeah, that a ten-year-old girl has heard of any of these people at all. Most of my fans don't get these references. Very suspicious, I say. If I pull your face off, I wonder, are you going to turn out to be a tiny crab? No, Greg. I know about these people because they're in all your stories. <laughs> what? No, no, they're not. Who is? When is? Well, Sean Connery was in one just the other night. Or at least his head was. Ah, yes. <laughs> Greg Benchley from The Adventure of the Complicated Head. One of my finest. Anyway, I feel pretty sure that this is the first time ever, 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 ever I've mentioned Top Cat. What about Gret Binchleaf in The Adventure of Knowing Top Cat? <laughs> ah, yes, a very exciting adventure indeed. It was a rainy day in Manhattan. Choo Choo was complaining to the other cats that every time someone said Neil Starkey's name, Ringo Starr would get to his knees and start saying his name, like a game of international dominames. No, Gret, stop. You're giving me half a story again. We're doing Jurassic Starkey, remember? Oh, yes, well, this is your fault. Stop interrupting. Where was I? Raynham Cool Club. <laughs> Eminem finished his cool rap about Neil Starkey and sat down. E said Arthur Fonzarelli. We've heard your complaints. E now we need solutions. E how can we become as cool? Even bother, did you? He just like I'll just do a vaguely American and go A in every line, and then it doesn't have to sound like him. That's, oh, no, that's just me like done. him. E how can we become as cool as Neil Starkey? The floor is open for suggestions. We could assassinate him, said Sean Connery, spitting everywhere. If he were dead, we'd instantly become more cool. Then I could say a snappy line, like, He's not Neil Starkey anymore. He's lie-down dead Starkey. <laughs> then I could tug my cuffs. <laughs> or I could freeze him to death and say, That is another cold case, said Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Granted, we'd then be top of the cool again, but we wouldn't be as cool as he is now, would we? True, Jason, the staff Statham. We'd just be regular cool. <laughs> and we want to be Starkey level cool. Oh, if only there were a way to physically extract his coolness. <laughs> Said Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, okay. 
Oh, we, we can't try to extract it by sucking it out of his penis hose, said Mr. Flood. <laughs> Just because at this point you were like, I better put a character I can do in. <laughs> Just one that I can do. Oh, Mr. Fluck, how did you get in here? Said David Hasselhoff, Michael Knight. <laughs> Kit? Yes, Michael. Ejector seat. Uh-oh, said Mr. Fluck. Then his seat went ping on a spring and he flew out the window. <laughs> You've really pushed your talents. <laughs> your voice acting talents. Like way beyond their breaking point in this story, haven't you? Yep. <laughs> e- anybody have any non-blowjob ideas of how to steal Neil Starkey's cool? Right then came the sound of chair legs screeching on the village hall's parkade floor. At the very back, hiding in the shadows, a figure who'd been silent all this time stood. At over six feet four tall, nearly two metres high, he loomed large over the assembled sophisticats. There are a lot of fly people here, but this guy was the most fly. And when the tall guy spoke, okay, he spoke. I was with waiting. A... I was wondering, who's <laughs> this? Who's this? He who's spoke this? with an equable drawl, so laid back and cool that you would gladly pay him four million dollars for one day's filming, just so you could put him in your trailer for Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom and trick Howard into fucking watching it. <laughs> the assembled coolsters fell into a hush to hear his intelligent space scientist words. Said Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yes, me, space scientist Jeff Goldblum, and uh, all round cool guy. Until Neil Starkey had appeared on the scene, Jeff Goldblum was the number one coolest member of Cool Club, which is why he always sat at the back and smoked. <laughs> hey, Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> said the Fonz. <laughs> Do you have a brilliant idea? <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. See, our problem is we need to eat Neil Starkey in order to drain his cool. But uh, there's not enough Starkey to go around. Well, uh, limited Neil Starkey supplies is a problem, Batman. But uh, a problem I, Jeff Goldblum, a problem I, Jeff Goldblum, DNA expert and a uh, nice spelling man. Nice smelling man can solve. Uh, what's your problem? Not pl- no spelling. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why don't you spell something for me? Okay, so. Uh, I'll spell it I'll nicely. I'll spell for you. <laughs> I'll spell it nicely with a K. <laughs> what's your plan? What's your plan, Goldblum? To backward pan. I love pans. I love strawberry pans. What's your plan, Goldblum? What's your plan, Goldblum? To backwards kidnap him every day of his life? No, that's a ridiculous idea. <laughs> My plan is just to clone him and um, eat one Neil Starkey a year, uh, maybe for Christmas. And that is the tale of how every Christmas the members of Raynham Cool Club would yank out the giblets, roast themselves a Neil Starkey, and have him with gravy. Brussels sprouts. And those are big, roundish, chip like things. <laughs> Potatoes? <laughs> Put eight toes where? Said Gret, who still thought chips came out of a bag. <laughs> I like that. I like the uh, the idea that Gret doesn't know what a potato is and has never heard the word potato. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> hmm. So, can I read you Jack's Starkies now? Now you know what a Neil Starkey is? Well, I don't really, do I? I mean, Neil Starkey wasn't even in the story. <laughs> Yeah, he was, in it. He was the guy who's so cool, the less cool guys were cloning him. He wasn't physically in it. Seems a bit of a rip-off to have a story about a person and them not be in it. Maybe. Or maybe he's too cool to be in his own story. Yeah, but 
Why is he so cool? You know, all the skateboarding flips, the denim, and he smokes. Smoking's cool. Oh, and get this right. If he wants a can of cola, he just has to elbow something. Not even a vending machine. He can elbow a donkey and a cola will come out. Is that cool? Elbowing cola out of donkeys? That's the coolest. Well, not on its own, but I mean, <laughs> that's just one of his many cool traits. Neil Starkey is really cool. Depends how you do it as well. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing that, I mean you guys say skateboarding's cool, but I could stand on a skateboard. I wouldn't be cool. You've yeah. got to do it right. And it's the same with elbowing cola out of things. If you do it wrong, you're going to look stupid. If you do it on a skateboard, you look cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a kind of nonchalant way. you just mm. like, like you don't really want the cola. But if you're going around going, oh, I need a cola. Yeah. What can I elbow? And then you have to elbow it like 20 times before it works. Yeah. You don't look cool. Yeah. I'll burn it to death to get its cola out. Yeah. To get out the donkey cola. Yeah. And then I'm going to put some cola in yeah. and then elbow it again so it comes out. That's not going to work. <laughs> mm. Neil Starkey is really cool. You think so? I'll tell you what I think. I think for Neil Starkey. He just oozes coolosity. I can't do him justice with my stories and I'm the greatest writer in the world five years running now. <laughs> uh, you'd really need to meet him to truly understand how awesome he is. And you've met him, have you? I did have that distinct pleasure, yes. This was an unusual experience, thought Henrietta. This was literally the first time she'd ever heard Gret Benchleaf have a good word to say about anyone who wasn't himself. Yeah. So where did you meet him? I met him in Hal, back in the day. You know, before it became popular. Everyone's there now. He was my Hal cellmate. Would you like to hear about it? Without waiting for an answer, Gret shoved a flabby hand into a pocket. Uh, he's in this bit, so you can quit complaining. <laughs> Presently, Gret pulled out six sandwiches, which he stared at for a time quite sadly. His brooding was interrupted as two tree pigs suddenly spilled from his pocket. Freedom! Freedom at last! <laughs> they cried as they, as they found their footing and skittered off as fast as their little legs could carry them. Then a third tree pig, who'd had his legs amputated, dropped out too and began to roll slowly after them. Oh my god. Guys, wait for me. Wait for your friend, Pork Shortington. <laughs> Good name. Got a bit macabre though, hasn't it? <laughs> Um, what should I know why he was looking at the sandwiches sadly? You'll find out. Okay, cool. Next, Gret pulled out a bunch of skeletons, all in naval uniform, with the moniker Marie Celeste on their breasts. <laughs> ah, that's where they got to, he said. Another mystery solved by Gret Benchley. <laughs> Finally, he pulled out a large greasy tome. He wiped chip fat from the cover to reveal the title. Gret Benchley and the Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Crabs. The Unexpurgated Edition. Getting what? <laughs> What did I say? It sounded like abducted for something. Yeah, getting abducted. Yeah, it's a different story. Okay, yeah. I just wanted Grant to Benchley say... Adventure of Women getting abducted. <laughs> by crabs. By crabs. Getting abducted by crabs. The unexpurgated edition. Wow. With extra crab. I hope it's got extra nuku as well. He said. No, it's got not. <laughs> then, oh, tip burglars. The marshmallows are burning. And he yanked them from the flames. Oh, they're not too bad. Nice and crispy. Yeah. Gret... Why do they smell of bacon? <laughs> ah, well, I didn't have any actual marshmallows here in this forest of predominantly tree pigs, so I, I just sliced up a few pig legs. They look kind of similar, he said, tossing a few into his mouth. I'm a taste better. <laughs> oh, Henrietta looked over to where Pork Shortington was trying to roll unsuccessfully over a boulder. Oh, you should have seen him before I cut his legs off. <laughs> Tallest pig I've ever seen. If anything, I've done him a favour. <laughs> Henrietta glared at Gret Benchleaf. He was so thoughtlessly unpleasant. Yeah. He's worse than a Dalek, she thought. <laughs> and she was right, of course, because as well as not being able to ascend stairs, Gret Benchleaf can't get up a slight incline. Okay. 
Also, Daleks can get upstairs. Yeah, shh. <laughs> so he's way, he's way worse. Not than in the past. <laughs> Not for you me. You just get annoyed at whatever you feel like on a particular time. Sometimes you get annoyed with other people making jokes about Daleks not being able to get upstairs. You're like, Daleks can get upstairs. God, they're so stupid. <laughs> and then now you're like, Daleks haven't always been able to get upstairs. You just Daleks like, can't get upstairs. Just like to be annoyed. You can't get up fucking stairs. <laughs> They've got wheels. Jumping. Great. Waved a stick of molten pig leg cylinders at Henrietta. One, one. No, not for me, thanks, she said. I certainly don't feel very hungry. Just the story, then. Henrietta considered her options. She had none. <laughs> sure, just the story, she said. Brilla, window sillo. <laughs> just let me put these skeletons back in my pocket first, said Gret. We don't want Ohio Grant turning up and banging on about wind for 20 pages. <laughs> Here we do. <laughs> <laughs> Here we do. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's me, Ohio Grant. <laughs> oh, this wind. <laughs> The elements. <laughs> my hair is overlapping. <laughs> oh my god! I'm quick. My hair's overlapping. Give me a skeleton uh, to eat. Each hair. Uh, my hairs are touching my other hairs. Man. <laughs> Gret flicked through the unexpurgated adventure of women getting abducted abdu- ab- by crabs <laughs> until he reached chapter eight. Ahem. He ahemmed and began to read. I'm a fucking genie, said the genie. <laughs> he seemed bigger and greener than he had done moments ago when Gret had freed him from the sarcophagus. Uh, Hulk. You could have wished for all kinds of things to make my life easier. Most genies live in a bottle. I get crammed into a sarcophagus so tight I can't even scratch my gonads. You know what it's like to have itchy gonad for 5,000 years? I can't say that I do, said Gret firmly, who, aside from being a renowned detective, was famous for his annual nad-scratching festival. <laughs> now it's time. Oh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> let, me just, let me just assimilate that. <laughs> Pick that boy. Okay, no, no, I'm done. I just needed, just needed a moment to accept it. All right, carry on. <laughs> now it's time to make things even, said the genie, and raising his magic stick, he unceremoniously magicked Gret Binchleaf to death with the spell of hitting really hard. Ouch, that hurt, said Gret to no one. Oh, he said, I'm dead. Gret looked around hell, out of the proverbial frying pan, into some actual fire, he said. This is not Brillo Dillo, it's Nillo Dillo. (laughs) Then, here, why can I still speak? Is my mouth still alive? (laughs) Good line. (laughs) It is, that's an excellent line. Just then came a terrible grating sound, like a blind chef mistaking his penis for the cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Peering through the thinning smog, Gret could see a huge iron gateway opening and emerging from it a tall figure dressed in blood-red robes with enormous horns. The figure reached Gret and stood towering over him. Susan, said Gret. (laughs) What? (laughs) Don't be ridiculous, I'm not Susan. (laughs) A Space wizard barrel, said Gret uncertainly. No, look at me. I'm a big red-horned demon. Oh, their horns are pretty smoggy down here. I thought maybe they were hats. 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 Multiple hat. You thought I was wearing multiple hat. Hey, don't act like that's weird. You're the red bloke with spikes coming out of your head. Besides, I may not be a mathematical genius, but I can still count to two. Two horns, two hats makes perfect sense. You blithering imbecile, I have three horns, bellowed the three-horned demon. I said I can count to two. (laughs) Bloody crikey, are you deaf? Enough, said the demon. I'm not Susan. I am not Space Wizard Beryl. 
Um, especially not spaces of battle, because there is no such person. <laughs> I am Satan, and this is hell. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. <laughs> now you do, yes, I just told you. <laughs> yes, that is how I know. You're delaying tactics. I like that as well, like instant smugness. <laughs> you tell him something and then he knows it. So he's like, I know that. Like, yeah, but you didn't three seconds ago. Your delaying tactics are pointless, Binchleaf. Nothing can prevent the interminable march of eternity. An eternity of torment. The worst torment you can possibly imagine. No, Binchleaf. I know what you're thinking. I can read your every thought. You won't get off that easy, for we have no copies of Trial of a Time Lord in Hell. Oh, Nello, Dillo. <laughs> now follow me to the Sophie's Choice Room. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A hot instant of pain later, and Gret stood before two never-ending piles, which stretched upward forever, ever. Although, they probably didn't just go up, probably went left or right or something, thought Gret. Otherwise, if they carried on straight up, they'd lead right to heaven, and then no one would need a really big drill to get there. <laughs> and they're never-ending piles. Yes. That L is very fortunate. I know. Yeah, because otherwise Gret would really be in hell. He's going to be in anyway. Oh, shit. <laughs> Gret grimaced. The choice was a terrible one indeed. The first pile was a pile of pies. Oh, no. Or a pie pile, as Gret <laughs> loathed to call it, but did anyway. <laughs> pie pile. Yeah, some version. <laughs> Brilliant. The other pile was a pile of unbaptized babies. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> this all makes sense all of a sudden. Well, choose Binchleith, <laughs> jelly baby. Or, began Satan, but stopped abruptly as he found Gret was already shoving a second baby in his mouth. <laughs> uh, they're a bit chewy, <laughs> said Gret through his tears. But are they jelly babies after all? No, they're, no, they're they are, that's just what he said. They are real babies. Yeah. A bit chewy, said Gret through his tears. Whether he was crying because of the eternity of baby eating ahead or because he was in close proximity to a pile of infinite pies, it was hard to say. No, it's definitely the second one. But it was only hard to say because of the six <laughs> babies in his mouth. <laughs> Good. After 18 hours... <laughs> six babies. <laughs> after 18 hours of baby eating on this, Gret Binchleaf's first day in hell, Gret was finally given a break and sent to his cell, where he met Neil Starkey for the first time. <laughs> Neil Starkey was dressed in sandals with socks, cargo shorts, a pink paisley shirt with a sweater vest all tucked in, glasses with trifocal lenses and a baseball cap with the legend Make America Great Again and a picture of some cheese on it. <laughs> okay. So, it's, I don't know, somehow it sounds like he's not as cool as he was in the first story. As Gret entered, Neil looked up from his bunk. Hey man, I'm Neil. <laughs> Neil Starkey. <laughs> yeah, of course said Neil Starkey. <laughs> and somewhere in America, Ringo got to his knees. <laughs> you look like a prat, said Gret. I'm Gret Benchley, greatest detective on Earth and under it. I'm here by accident. What are you in for? Hey, Gret. It's a long story, man. Gret looked at his watch. Yeah, I think I've got a spare forever. <laughs> Go for it. OK, cool. Well, once upon a time, I was bouncing with my bras on my board and I did the most splankers cabaret kickflip. 
After which I immediately ghost it straight into a roof drop and hitting the pavement, I gazelle flipped into a quadruple kink dark slide. That actually, <laughs> if you skip. Ever, yeah, if you ever wondered, listener, what it would be like if Howard was forced to write someone cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is what Howard thinks cool is. Skip to the end, would you? I've got some babies to attend to, said Gret, who had weighed up the pros and cons and concluded an eternity of eating babies was preferable to one more minute with this fuckstick. Well, basically, it was so cool, man. They said it was a crime. Crime, said Gret. Then, uh, sorry, I got a bit of a baby caught in the back of my throat there. He spat out his spine. Oh, God. Crime, he said again. Ridiculous. Nobody is that cool. Absolutely ridiculous. Neil shrugged insouciantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then he double checked the meaning of the word insouciant just to make to sure he was right about what it meant. Unfortunately, his Mac had that little like right click that you can <laughs> look up on it. That's my favourite word. <laughs> Do something cool, said Gret. I don't have my skateboard. Like some really mean red dude took it, said Neil. Well, that's a start, said Gret. Now do something cooler than not having a skateboard. <laughs> Okay, said Neil Starkey. What kind of cool thing should I do? I'm an all-round kind of cool guy. Cool here, cool there, you know. I've got my fingers in lots of pies. Ah, finger pies, said Greg. <laughs> Watch this, said Neil, and elbowed the wall. A can of cola came out. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool, said Greg. <laughs> but you want to see something really cool? Sure, man. You're looking at him. Me, yeah, I'm cool. Because I ate a fridge. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really want to. I was just after the contents, but I couldn't figure out what a door is. <laughs> so anyway, now I'm always probably, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. He probably forgot what a door is because he does have Will's disease, as yeah. we know from Spooky Woo Woo Tower, right? <laughs> yeah, it is too. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm always 40 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty cool, right? Cold, actually. Yeah, I know it looks like I'm sweating, but that's not actually sweat. That's coolant. I'm leaking fridge coolant. Wow, said Neil. Splankers. That's maximum splankers. What does that mean? Maximum splankers. What the mixed ball sack are you talking about? It's one of my cool catchphrases. They took my denim and dressed me like this. They took my board, man. They took my smokes. But they can never take my catchphrases. <laughs> Gret hated this guy. <laughs> he wasn't cool. Nothing about him was cool. Even if he put on some cool clothing and you hung a lit cigarette out of his mouth, he wouldn't be cool. Skateboarding wasn't cool. And making Coca-Cola appear was neat, but it wasn't cool. No, Neil Starkey was the least cool person ever in the history of everything, and nothing could or would change Gret's mind on this. Anyway, here's me blabbing on, said Neil. Where's my manners? Would you like some chips? <laughs> I beg you what now? <laughs> Chips, you know, I've got a magic leg, look. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Starkey kicked the wall and Chips came out. <laughs> Medium splanktastic, right? <laughs> Said Neil. And depending on how hard I kick it, I can get all types of chips. Kick. <laughs> Crinkle cut. Kick. Curly fry. Kick. Chip shop chip. Kick. A long chip. <laughs> All the varieties. Perfect. <laughs> 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 cool, said Gret. And ignoring the stomach full of babies, Gret started wolfing down the infinite chip supply. 
Would you like some cola with that? So Neil, <laughs> as he elbowed the wall. And that's how Gret Benchleaf survived the next two years in hell and learned that Neil Starkey was the coolest dead man alive. Yeah. That's Brilliant. silly. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it, Henry. I shut your face. You better strap yourself in there. It's about to get really fucking stupid. <laughs> Well, do you know what we have here underground, Binchleaf? said Satan, two baby-eating years later. Um, rocks? <laughs> Hazarded Gret. Yes, but not the kind you're thinking of, you rock-obsessed wallock. We have priceless glistening rocks. Oh, diamonds, yes. And do you know where we get diamonds? Yes, here underground, said Gret, who was a fast learner. No, I mean how they come to exist in the first place. Uh, oh, yes, I guess I do know this one, actually. Superman 3 squeezes some coal. Knew it, sir. No, oh, why does everybody think diamonds come from coal? <laughs> um, because they've seen Superman 3 and it's better than watching science. <laughs> I'll tell you where diamonds come from. I already know. No, you don't. No, not from Superman 3. <laughs> All right, Satan, put your hooves up and make yourself at hell. Don't have a baby, will you? I'm not hungry. <laughs> Diamonds are strong, continued Satan. The atoms bound together at a molecular level, like a lot of dogs, all tied up good and proper. <laughs> You don't really go in for satisfactory similes here in hell, then. <laughs> Diamonds are tough. They can cut glass. They can slit a man's throat. And if you have one big enough, they can be a bit. They can be a bit? They can be a bit what? A drill bit. <laughs> yes. If you have a big enough diamond, you can fashion a drill bit for the biggest drill ever built. I don't like the sound of this. It'll no doubt be a threat to the whole universe. <laughs> yeah. But where? Where could you get such a large diamond? Uh, oh, Superman 3 could squeeze a really big bit of coal. <laughs> Holy fuck, Binchley, if you're dumb. <laughs> like, really dumb, seriously. How did you get to be so very dumb? Did you have to pass the dumb test or flunk the dumb test? <laughs> I'll have you know, I never turned up, Gret replied, <laughs> tugging his cuffs undeservedly. Oh. What makes diamonds so hard, Binchleaf? What makes anything hard? Oh, I definitely know the answer to this one. Time, said Satan. Oh, no, that wasn't my answer. I was going to say boobies. And my second answer was going to be dinner. Hey, that's kind of a time, isn't it? Dinner time. No, not a lovely time. Sat in a rocking chair, petting a little floppy bunny rabbit with its ears going mim, 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 mim. A bad time, yes. Bad times. They harden people. And do you know what a really bad time is? Is it having a one-sided conversation with Satan? Yeah. No. A really bad time. Something that would harden even the most heartless psychopath is eating babies. But that, that's what I'm doing, said Gret. <laughs> yes, Gret Binchleaf. I have built a really massive drill. Seriously, it's dynormous. And the only thing that's been stopping it from drilling is that I couldn't find a drill bit big enough. And then, finally, you arrived. You've been eating babies for two years now, and you know what? <laughs> They're never as good as your first time. <laughs> You're now 92% diamond. You mean 
I'm more diamond than chicken and crab. <laughs> exactly. And after you eat just one more baby, you will be a pure 24% carat diamond. And 24 carat, not percent. Yeah, you're, you're pure 24 carat. <laughs> You'll be pure 24% diamond. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not sure that makes sense. You strike that, okay? <laughs> you will be a pure 24 carat diamond and I can put you on my drill. 92% after two years, but 100% in one more baby's time. Is this me not understanding maths again? Maths again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Self, self-evidently the case. Is this me Am not... I not understanding maths? <laughs> <laughs> You've got maths. Right? <laughs> Is that me not understanding maths again? <laughs> it's like torrenting. It's like torrenting. It goes faster at the end. Yes, one more baby and finally I can drill to heaven. Oh, wow. Satan wants to drill to heaven. And then, just as Satan was all hot and on fire with excitement about <laughs> drilling to heaven, there was a magic ping, and Gret eventually vanished the end. Brilliant. But where did he go? He went back to being alive. Saved the world from crabs, or whatever the plot that, that was <laughs> about. And then he got a job at a boys' school, probably, and became entangled with a pickle-headed psychopath. Not really sure about the timeline on that one. Did that happen already? Anyway, finally, he fell down a hole and met a stupid, whinging child called Barbara. And he read her the amazing tale of Jack Starkies. Once upon a time, it was Christmas Eve. <laughs> and Jack White, from the White Stripes, went into the garden to fetch in one of his Starkies for the Christmas call-making. <laughs> But all the Starkies escaped in the process <laughs> while well, he chased them around the garden. <laughs> but they saw the gate was open and skateboarded out. Out on the street, two of them tailbot ground into a butcher shop. <laughs> Anti-splankers, they cried. <laughs> two alley-ooped into the Thames. Ex-communi splankers. One... One inward double heel-flipped into the garden and landed on a barbecue. Splank off! <laughs> Maths tells us there were five left. One ran into. Wait a minute. What does maths have to say about this? (laughs) Just want to check with maths. How many? How many does maths things have? (laughs) Maths. Maths tells us there were five left. Okay. One ran into a tramp sack, (laughs) and the tramp ran up. What's happening right now? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Two slipped in the snow and slid into a person house, (laughs) and they were never seen again. Then one saw a car and got inside, and the car drove off. The last Starkey saw an open gate and ran through, and found himself back inside Jack White's garden. What are the chances? <laughs> Jack closed the gate. Jack took great pity on the remaining Starkey. Great pity on the remaining Starkey. <laughs> he took Greg who? <laughs> <laughs> took great pity on the remaining Starkey. So he didn't have Starkey for Christmas dinner. No. He had instead, yes, you guessed it, he had Boar's Head. head. What? <laughs> Unfortunately, unbeknownst to the Starkey, Ringo Starr was a guest that Christmas. <laughs> Make me get some of these every bloody second, would you? Well, take this, you mangy get. And he beat Neil Starkey to death with a simple. <laughs> the end. They say, when you die, that your entire life flashes before your eyes. Every beautiful moment, every misstep and mistake... Every laugh and every cry you experience rushes through your veins like one last ultimate hit of life. If you don't die, but go to hell anyway, they say that when you set your eyes on the Dark Lord, a few select really shit moments from your life are replayed instead. Say about 6,000 words of utter garbage? (laughs) 
And this is what happened to Gret that day when Ben Shilito and Just Verbadug drilled Gret to hell. This is Just Verbadug. Just Verbadug. Yeah, I didn't listen to it. I just read it. Just <laughs> Verbadug. And this is what happened to Gret that day when Ben Shilito and Just Verbadug drilled Gret to hell. Gret Benchleaf and the Adventure of the Very Bad Dog, Chapter 5. It was a grinchy, binchy, gretty, gritty, Satan, diamond, big drill bitty. Snapping out of his reveries, Gret stared at the red-horned demon before him. Satan, said Gret. Master, said the very bad dog. Gret Binchleaf, said the Prince of Darkness. You're just in time for dinner. I hope you're in the mood for stir-fried babies. And in the mood to be a drill bit. It's finally time to drill to heaven. <laughs> hey, that was my plan, said Ben Shilato. Here, I thought you died, said yeah, yeah. Gret, turning to Ben Shilato. I did. Now I'm in hell. Where did you think I was going to go? Good point. Heaven? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> Don't know. I thought maybe dwarves have their own special afterlife. <laughs> you know, deaf people, they go to the hereafter, don't they? I figured short people would go to the tall after. <laughs> or at the very least, I figured you'd stay inside a dog. No, I'll never be inside a dog, ever. But he didn't finish his sentence, because Just Verbadook... Just Verbadook. Just Verbadook <laughs> ate him again. <laughs> Then Satan pulled out a baby, literally. Oh no, minimum splankers, said Gret. <laughs> but, but before he could elaborate on the true extent of the splankerage, Satan shoved the baby into Gret's mouth and Gret swallowed. What will happen next? Will Satan discover wort, site boron, nitride, rendering Gret redundant? <laughs> will someone say the line, I used to play oboe, but I lost my oboe, so now I play nobo? Where is Padme? Is she okay? Is she alright? Find out in the next thrilling instalment of Gret Benchley for the adventure safe. of the very She's bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Howard, I mean, at the start of the episode, you told me that was going to be a very bad chapter, but it turned out to be <laughs> Maximum Splankers. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a great chapter. Wow. I think that one's going to go down in linguistic history. Like, there's going to be Ling whole ling Yeah, about. linguistery, as I like to call it, and do. Linguistery. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to go down in linguistry. There's going to be <laughs> books written about the origin of the word splankers and how it evolved over time. Oh, and it's already there in the Urban Dictionary. It's already there. <laughs> it's okay, amazing. go check it out. Check it out. Go and see if it's correct or not. Give it a thumbs two, up. Right? Yeah, well, something... There's one, there's one false one. There's one apocryphal yeah, There's one version horrible one. That's dirty. Dirty. And then there's the correct, correct one where one. splankers means good. <laughs> well, it means splankers, doesn't it? I mean... Yeah, I mean, you, you, can't, you don't get a dictionary and go, I looked up splankers my dictionary yesterday it said splankers means splankers <laughs> that's the least helpful book i've ever bought well yeah i mean it needs to say like good but better but more <laughs> but more splanktastic or something really doesn't it because like good but more splank because otherwise you'd just say good yeah yeah <laughs> hey i tell you what though mm -hmm. that chapter yeah. right 
if I was, I, I I'm a little bit jealous of Neil Starkey. Oh. That chapter was about Neil Starkey, right? And he got, in a sense, he got gifted a wonderful phrase put in his mouth, Maximus Blankers, yeah. almost like he invented it. When actually, he's never done anything good in his <laughs> life. <laughs> right? But now he can kind of dine out on. I invented Maximus Blankers, <laughs> yeah. even though actually you did, right? Yeah, well, sipping on a can of Coke from his knee or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coke comes out of his knees. Yeah, that's, that is correct. I don't know. Good, what, reading I... Of, good reading of your own chapter. <laughs> I've not heard it. I've not heard it. <laughs> everyone, everyone who's listening to this has just heard it, but I haven't, so I can't remember. But what I'm saying is like, this is the fifth chapter we've listened to in this book, yes. and every chapter's been, like, devoted to or guest starring if you like yeah um, a real person a real person yeah. right? an actual person you might remember Nick Darnold from Nick Darnold one, yeah right who was sent to Uranus on an exciting dog based mission you may remember um, Captain Nick T. Bundy from Chapter Nick 2. Burndy. Nick Burndy. Nick, Nick Burndy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Burndy, who and, uh, was also was a spe- an exciting space adventurer. Yeah. Who, on Uranus, um, right? Got left on Uranus, yeah. Got abandoned on Uranus by Grab Sleeve. You may remember Dominic Maniti from Chapter 3, who just got roasted for an hour. <laughs> I don't remember that because my crab came off. Um, so. Oh, yeah, you know, it did, that didn't happen because it was a crab dream. Yeah. You may remember Ben Shillito from Chapter mm-hmm. 4, who was an evil evil dictator who yes. it took over the world. Exactly. And you definitely remember Neil Splanker's Starkey from this chapter <laughs> because you just finished listening to it. Yeah, and he just taught you your new favourite word. <laughs> and you know what I'm thinking? Like, having listened to this, what I'm thinking is, God, I'd love a great yeah. Big Steve chapter with me in. How come yeah. that never happens? Well... And well, guess yeah. Guess what? I can have one. I can you, have you, cause can, I, you can because I write it and I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you wrote one about yourself, that would just be weird. that would be kind of weird. You needed yeah. me so, to write I could it, ask, then I could ask you to do it. Well, you'd and have you'd to say pay. yes, wouldn't you? No. Oh, you'd say yes as long as I pay. <laughs> yeah, right. You say yeah, of course I'll do it. I will. You would say I will do that for anyone. Mm-hmm. Who signs up for our <laughs> secret gang at patreon.com forward slash man by cow? And yes, this it is the top tier, it is the expensive tier, mm. but this is because we're going to basically do a month of work specifically for you. These yeah. chapters take us about a month to write each, That's and non stop that is it, it is a not it is a lot of work, no sleep, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no eating, no just, like just can't do anything, no washing. Mm. It's a really unpleasant month. That's why we have to take it in turns so that yeah. when you're writing, I can have a bath. <laughs> and eat a sandwich and have some sleep. But even you know, even when it's bath time and you're allowed to be in the bath, you're still thinking of things. You know, coming thinking up, of the next coming chapter, up, coming yeah. up with the word splankers, things like that. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, literally anyone could get a chapter written about them if they wow. join our secret gang for as little as that's not appropriate anymore for just yeah <laughs> thirty dollars just- a month. £23.50, you say? That is correct, yeah. And it's also true that you do have to stick around on that level for a year because it is a lot of work and so therefore it costs a reason about money. But at the same time, if you commission literally anyone else, including just some professional writer you've never heard of, commission someone to write you a story, it will cost more than this. I don't know what 12 times that is, but it's definitely cheaper than what it would cost J.K. Rowling to write a story (laughs) about you and... um... Yeah, because you can't have that. She won't do it. She will just say no. She won't do it. She might. You know, she She's would, already got all the money. She'll say you don't exist. Probably. She will. She will deny yeah, your existence. Deny yeah. your existence. Or, or she'll tell you that you're not who you think you are. <laughs> What's your name? What's your name? Brian? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Your name's Dave. She'll say. 
<laughs> like, fucking hell, Jake. Fucking hell, Jack Rowling. <laughs> Leave me alone. Mm. The, the other thing about J.K. Rowling, of course, is she won't write a Greg Bidgley story with you in. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if you don't like this whole um, signing up for a thing and getting having to pay every month, you can just pay it all in one lovely lump sum and just get a whole That's year true. straight in there. If you don't like commitment, and we, I understand you don't like commitment, but you do like giving out a bunch of money all at once <laughs> for a thing. Basically, you don't like things on higher purchase. You want to just pay outright mm. right now. That's good. Yeah, you can sign up for a year immediately at Patreon, and then you won't have to wait a year for us to write your chapter. We'll get you in the next book oh, early wow. on. Oh wow! Yeah, right? we'll get straight Stick you on right you. near the beginning. Yeah, if you like, if you and if like, you want to get a lovely present for someone you love, or you really hate someone and you want to get them an anti-present, you can do. You can get it for them as well. <laughs> yeah, let us know, and we'll make sure that if you want it, if it's for someone you love, I'm writing it. <laughs> and if it's for someone, if it's yeah. for someone you hate, Howard's writing it. Right? Mm. Oh, and the other thing, of course, yeah. if you do sign up for $30 a month, you don't only get your own devoted Gret Binchleaf chapter. Ah. You also you also get immediate everything. access to everything we've ever uploaded to Patreon since we started it in 2016. Wow. And that is, I can't even imagine how many how many days or possibly weeks now yeah. of like no sleep audio entertainment plus videos and live streams and like, just I can't even imagine how much stuff there is there that is exclusive to the to the secret gang. And you'll get that immediately with just the first payment of thirty dollars or, you know, the first payment of a million dollars. That's what you decide to, to to sign up. Basically you immediately get access to all that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. that's also good, right? Yes. It's so good. So go to patreon.com forward slash man by cow and see what you are missing. Whee! <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye, Milk. Bye-bye, Milk. He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer.